This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see all of you here. And uh, we have some visitors in the audience this morning, and we're so grateful to have you here. And, and we hope and pray that uh, that you come again. Uh, you're always welcome. What a beautiful day it is out there today. Yesterday was a precursor to today, it looks like, and just some beautiful weather we're having the last couple of days. But it's beautiful in here, too. Yeah. Very beautiful in here, too. See all your warm and smiling faces. Uh, <clears throat> To go out into the world and have a busy work week and then be able to come back here on the first day of the week and to assemble in His name, sing songs of praise to Him, and to study His Word is a breath of fresh air just like that weather out there. So this morning we want to, for a little while, we want to talk about what I've called the man in the middle. And... uh, I'm not an artiste like Brother David is, or many many of you others, but I got to thinking about you know how I could put that up there where even a small child could understand what they were looking at, and I got to thinking if the Indians could do it crudely with rocks on the walls of caves, and then maybe I could do it with modern conveniences with a with a easel board and a and a and a deal. So I hope everybody understands what that is portraying there. If you don't now, you will shortly. Let's begin this morning in Luke chapter 23, and I'm going to be reading out of the NLT, and so if you have a King James Version, you might want to just listen because it could get a little confusing, but that's your choice. Luke chapter 23, we'll begin in verse 13. Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point in your presence and find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I will have him flogged and then I will release him. Then a mighty roar rose from the crowd and with one voice they shouted, Kill him! And released Barnabas to us, or Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he demanded, Why? What crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death, so I will have him flogged and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. As they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder, but he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. As they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Serene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, 
Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child, and the paps that have never nursed. People will beg the mountains, fall on us, and plead with the hills, bury us. For if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the school, the school, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he is really God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hadn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. By this time it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. <clears throat> so, Because he was sentenced to die, to be killed, but yet he was found innocent by the court. They kept crying, kill him. So we want to know, who did they kill? Let's turn to John chapter 1. <clears throat> John chapter 1, and we'll read the first 14 verses. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. Let me read that again. Nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. 
God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So, the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. This is who they killed. <clears throat> We've already opened up this morning by looking at this, but we want, we want to look at it again. Colossians chapter 1. I appreciate it, Brother <clears throat> Kalen, opening with these with this scripture. It's one of my favorite. Colossians chapter 1. And we want to look at just a few of these verses again. Colossians 1 verse 15 says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. See, God is a spirit. He has no form. So he had to come up with a form so people could see him. And that's who Christ was, was God in the flesh. Christ is the, invisible, is the visible image of the invisible God. And as we read in John chapter 1, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is His body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So He is first in everything, for God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Christ's blood shed on that cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result... He has brought you into His own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. <clears throat> Those people that were crying, kill Him, kill Him, kill Him, crucify Him, crucify Him. They should have been crying, holy, holy, holy. Romans chapter 1. <clears throat> Romans chapter 1, beginning verse 16 says, For 
I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the Scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because He has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. <clears throat> <clears throat> After reading that, I think it's funny that uh, we just we just we just went through April first, <clears throat> and in my uh, my mind, April first, uh, known as April Fool's Day, I like to refer to it as National Atheist Day. <laughs> because the scriptures tells us there's no excuse not to believe in God no matter who you are. Because He made it so obvious. But yet these people are so determined to refuse to believe in a Creator God. And I don't know how many people that profess to be devout atheists over the years set out to prove that there was no Creator God and that there was no Jesus. And over and over and over, these same atheists, at the end of their exhaustive research and study, believed. I think of Struble, and the list goes on and on, of Lee Strobel, I think that's how it's pronounced, that started out as devout atheists and set out to prove it that there was no Creator God, there was no Jesus and believed when it was all said and done. <clears throat> but there's just so pe there's some people that are just so hard-headed that I, I was reminded listening to folks on the family on one of my drives this week. <clears throat> I only heard this once, so I'm going to try to remember. So there was this man that uh, went to, to see a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist said, what's the matter? And he said, he said Doctor, I'm dead. And the doctor said, what do you mean you're dead? I'm dead. I, I mean it. I am dead. And the psychiatrist said, so you're sitting here talking to me and you're dead. He said, I am. I'm dead. So the psychiatrist said, let me ask you a question. Do dead people bleed? And the man said, nope. They don't. So the psychiatrist reached over and grabbed a sharper object and pricked the man's finger or his hand and blood started flowing out 
And the man looks down and sees the blood on his hand and goes, what do you know? Dead men do bleed. <laughs> There's just some people that they will not, they, they're just dogmatic. They are, they are, nothing you say or do is going to convince them otherwise. <clears throat> well, I see some shadows out there, Derek, but I don't know who it is. But, uh... So the reason I shared that story is because on that day, these people that were crying, kill him, kill him, kill him, instead of holy, 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 they had that mentality. They had seen with their own eyes all the things that he had done in their presence. And they refused to believe what they saw with their own eyes. <clears throat> so, what happened to those folks, those hard-headed unbelievers that cried, kill him, kill him, kill him? What happened to them people? Let's go back and see what happened to them people. Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, it says, Let me set this up. Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 14. This is Peter. This is the very first gospel sermon ever preached. After Jesus' resurrection. This is the first gospel message. Preached by Peter. And so, this is Peter. Acts 2.14 Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. And he goes on and he quotes some Old Testament that he knew that they would know concerning the Messiah, Jesus. But we're going to, for time's sake, we'll skip on to verse 22. So he, he quotes them some Old Testament scripture. In verse 22 he says, People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. <clears throat> King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. <clears throat> no wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts His praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Peter says, Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried in his tomb and is still here among us. 
But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as David just as you see and hear today, for David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children, and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed that Peter, what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So the people that killed Jesus had him killed. That's what ended up happening to them that day. They were forgiven. And they were saved through obedience to the gospel. The same people that killed the creator of the earth and created them. In Mark 16, Jesus himself said, Before he left. In Mark 16 verse 15. And Jesus told them. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. So that's what Peter did. Just what Jesus instructed. The one. This man right here. That they killed. He said to do that. And Peter did. And look at the results. All them people, they repented. And they obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he forgave them for killing him. Isn't that wonderful? In Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 10, for God's will 
was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same old sacrifice again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. How long was that sacrifice good for? It says it was good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For, that, for by that one offering, he forever, for how long? Forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Forever made perfect. And in verse 19, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By His death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. <clears throat> the Bible tells us that our best, mankind's best, is His filthy rags. And the filthy rags it refers to is not, not good. It's disgusting. So our best in God's eyes, is disgusting. But when we have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and what He did for us, and He died on that cross, and He died in our place for our sin, and we believe that, and we're sorry like these people were that killed Him, and we repent, and we obey the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> His blood covers all and makes us beautiful. In God's sight. And when God looks down and sees us disgusting humans that He made and at times was sorry He ever made us. He sees His beautiful, His beautiful Son instead of us. He sees our pure and holy hearts made pure and holy by the blood of Jesus. And we can be perfect in His sight because of Jesus, the man in the middle. <clears throat> Praise God for Christ's blood. Let's finally turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 13. So we've heard the gospel. Man, mankind has heard the gospel preached since Peter preached the first sermon. Obeyed the gospel. Have our sins washed away, made perfect forever, unless we turn our back on God and walk away. Then He'll spew us out like lukewarm water. But we 
keep our heart wanting to serve and cry holy, holy, holy to Jesus our entire life. When we come to the end of our life, what happens? Verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with Him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still a living when the Lord returns will not meet Him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then, we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. <clears throat> and in the next chapter, chapter 5, verse 9. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out His anger on us. Christ died for us, so that whether we are dead or alive, when He returns, we can live with Him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. So I hope and pray that that is exactly what the Scriptures we've heard this morning has done, is encouraged you in your hope in Christ Jesus and in the future to come. We do not face an uncertain future like the unbelievers do. We face a certain future, an everlasting life with Jesus Christ, the man in the middle. The lesson is yours. I appreciate your patience. There's been a song that's selected. If you'd like to become a child of God, or you're a child of God and you would like to have encouragement and prayers on your behalf for either case, please come forward as we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.